What is up, gamers? Chris here, and welcome to another episode of Horton Brothers Grimm, a video game podcast. And of course, I am joined by two familiar voices, Scott What's and up? Zach. <laughs> Scott, yeah. you're talking too fast, bro. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Leave him, leave him alone. I honestly thought uh, Chris was talking about the voices in his head at the time, but it's okay. No, I've never talked to my voices in my head in front of people. <laughs> now, there are people around today, you right now? today is a very fun special episode because we have a special guest, our one and only stepbrother, Big no, Deborah. I mean, <laughs> I got, we got two stepbrothers, but this is one of them, Zach Adams. What is up, bro? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could join us, man. Big Deborah. We are. Well, the one thing about having Zach Adams here, ladies and gentlemen, is he is a gamer extraordinaire, just as we are. He loves it. He's dedicated to the cause. He is a huge fan of podcasts as well. So it was all only natural to get you on the show, Zach. Awesome. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you listeners so much. And whatever service you're listening on, please do me a favor subscribe. And like our episodes to help our podcast grow on that service. Now, if you're listening on iTunes, you know what we want you to do. Got to get that five-star rating and leave a little comment. So this week, I would love for you, somebody, please, somebody, maybe one of you listeners who has a potty mouth, say, fuck Bumble. Oh, no. (laughs) The comments. Fuck Bumble. Bumble. Say it one more time because I thought you said something bad. Fuck Bumble. So (laughs) we had a discussion before about Buck Bumble, but we we won't get into that. But that's what we want in the comments. I'm still not sure it's a real game. (laughs) (laughs) Have you never played it, Zach? No. Hell, I've never even heard of that. Like I said, it looked like an April Fool's joke. Dude, I get that from pits all the time. Yeah, you know, know, little Zach, he was kind of small when that game came out. He wasn't that was like what 96 to that between 96 remember, and 2000. I remember me and Zach playing fucking Mega Man on the Nintendo. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Regular Nintendo Mega Man, mm-hmm. like was it part nine or some shit? Oh, there was a lot of gaming played between all of us. I know. Um, we haven't talked about our stepbrother Zach on the podcast, but he was. Always playing games with us. We were, you know, we'd go over to the house, hang out at Dad's, and guess what we did? Dad played golf. We all sat around and played video games. Nice. That's what we did. It was awesome. And we got a lot of gaming in. Lots of fun times and arguing times. Oh, you know, that's what we do. Good her brothers. It was good times. So anyway, guys, we're going to have... I remember some hacking times with a PlayStation, but that's just me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's a, Z from a Japan. Yeah, subject for a different podcast, but we had to switch the disc out and shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Yes. We'll have to do a we'll have to do a little underground podcast to talk about that. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, thank you guys for being here today. We're gonna have not three topics for you. We are gonna have four topics because Seven. we have a fourth person. Of course, are you we sure have there's a, four people here? Just count yes, them. Our count fourth them person. On your hands this time. No, I'm looking at my toes. I got four. Okay. So, four topics. We're going to have two retro topics today. 
And because what we're going to do when we have a special guest on the podcast, we're going to allow them to pick a game to talk about. It could be a retro game, a current day game, or a future game. So it's up to them. And Zach, you have chosen Mega Man X to talk about today, which is going to be awesome. We're going to talk about that first. Uh, the second game we're going to talk about today is what, Zach? What was that game you picked? Talking about me, Zach? Or the other yeah, side? you, Zach. Well, I picked God of War. Oh, that's right, God of War. So I had forgotten. PlayStation, that's why I asked you. PlayStation Four. <laughs> I've forgotten what it was. That's why I said, "Just go ahead and tell us." Thanks, and thanks, Sony, for not releasing this game on any other platform. Thanks. Well, it is their console selling game. Well, they could. And they say they can sell it on the console, and then later on release it for another platform would be fine. Well, yeah, but that's never going to happen. And Scott, you picked Future Game, and it's called The Overkill's Walking Dead. Oh, my gosh. Walking Dead Zombies. I guarantee I'm going to have a Chris's scorn about that or something. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call it. Chris's but, Complaints. How about that? There we go. Chris's Complaints. Your Which first edition always, of Chris's Complaints. Always. <laughs> yeah, he's always grappling about something, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I do here. And then we're going to sandwich that all together with another retro topic which I chose. The game Eco, not Echo the Dolphin, ladies and gentlemen. Echo. <laughs> Eco. <laughs> came out on the PlayStation 2 in 2001. One of the best games I've ever played, and it's considered by many to be one of the best games ever, so we'll see about that. And two exciting segments today, guys. We've got a new segment called the Soundtrack Spotlight. I think you're really going to like it. It's something we're going to start doing every podcast, and we're just basically featuring a soundtrack from a video game and telling you more about it. And where you can obtain it or listen to it. And then we have a promo for a partner podcast, a very special podcast that I like to listen to. And we've partnered up to swap promos. And you'll be hearing that during one of the commercial breaks. Uh, for better or worse podcasts, it's a married couple, Aaron and Jason. And they talk about movies and stuff that they neither one would like to see. Well, one of them would like to see it and likes the movie. The other one doesn't. So they, each week they speak. They trade places and make the other one watch something that they would normally not watch. And they discuss it. And it's a very funny, awesome podcast. And their promo will be on one of the commercial breaks during this podcast. So, guys, we got a big show for you. So, we'll just get it underway. First topic today, Mega Man X. Zach Adams. Are you ready? Yeah, man. So it was difficult. It was a difficult choice for me. It really came down to Mega Man X and Mega Man 3. And Zach mentioned a few minutes ago playing Mega Man on the NES, and that's what I played all the time. That was the first game that I ever owned personally was Mega Man 3. And that game's a masterpiece, but I really chose Mega Man X because it probably had the most influence on me as a gamer. Um, I was probably, God, six or seven when that game came out. Um, but some quick game facts about Mega Man X. It was released by Capcom in 93 on the SNES and PC on, in 95. Um, a lot of people worked on that game, but probably the biggest name is Keiji Inafune, who's often credited as the father of Mega Man. That's pretty disputed, but he's probably the most well-known developer. He worked on the original series as well as most of the games in the Mega Man X franchise. He's also the sole creator of the Zero character, who most people know he's probably one of the most popular characters in the lore. 
Um, Inafune worked at Capcom for 23 years before leaving the, the company in 2010. Uh, he's like a lot of these Japanese developers who worked for the same company forever and then have recently left. Um, he went on to release Mighty Number no. 9 in 2016 via Kickstarter. It's kind of billed as the spiritual successor to Mega Man. Oh, Mighty Number no. 9. Um, yeah, there was a lot of people who didn't like that I never game. trash, but it's okay. I never I played of, it. As much of a Mega Man fan as I am, I never trust played me, it. Trust me, you did yourself a, yeah, a favor Yeah, you didn't miss there, anything. You, it kind of reminds me of, uh, as your gun volt, uh, to be quite honest with you, you know. Also, to and wasn't wasn't that he had the Kickstarter took forever. Like people were super interested. They gave him the money right away, and then it took forever yeah. to release. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think people got it, pretty. It one thing that, uh, that one of the thing that pissed people off is he got the Kickstarter for Mighty Number no. Nine, got the money, get the full funding, and then he took his studio and created a whole other game and released it first. In between the Kickstarter for Mighty Number no. Nine. So the game that his studio created a whole other game in between that. Which was called what? what so was that maybe game? there's a I don't even know the name of the game because, Oh my god, it's not even good. Got it. <laughs> I'm saying I don't So maybe there's a reason why he's not at Capcom. Yeah. It's a large possibility, yeah. He done a lot of a great stuff when he was there, but now it's probably time yeah, to go. It ticked people off because it's like, well, we just gave you all this money to make Mighty Number no. Nine and then Mighty Number no. Nine came out and it was garbage. So Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately for him, his legacy kind of got a little bit tainted there. Tainted, right? In yeah, between. well, tainted. <laughs> right. We're we're in a better time now. We're in 1993. Keiji Inafune right. is That's the man. Right. He's the fucking man. He gets all the ladies. He's the the father of Mega Man. But so Mega Man X comes out. Um, the plot is a lot deeper. It's a much more sophisticated game. If you read uh, interviews from the creators, that was something they really tried to do. Um, if you pay attention to the original series, it's very basic. You have good versus evil. You have Dr. Wily, who creates the bad robots. Dr. Light, who uses Mega Man to fight them. There's, it's really kind of skin deep. Um, but Mega Man X sort of turned that on its head. So the story is that Dr. Light creates Mega Man a number of years after the original series. He's a new kind of robot. He's basically an AI. He can think for himself. He's self-aware. Dr. Light realizes that he could go bad and kill a bunch of people and nobody could stop him. So he seals him up in this capsule and sets it to basically undergo 30 years of testing. And During that time, it's assumed that Dr. Light dies um, an archaeologist finds the capsule approximately 100 years later, opens it up, and basically a guy named Dr. Kane recreates Mega Man X and creates this whole new generation of robots he calls Reploids that can think for themselves. Um, but as things go in this situation, usually they go bad. A virus spreads among them, and they become these things called Mavericks. So a group of, ro of Reploids come together, and they're known as the Maverick Hunters, they hunt these these guys, um, and the, their leader is named Sigma, who eventually turns bad, and he leads the Mavericks against um, a new robot called Zero, who's aided by Mega Man. And that's sort of the plot of the game, is that they're trying to save Earth from Sigma. And so, when you first log on to the game, or you first you know fire it up on SNES, it tells you all of this. So you've probably learned more in the first two minutes of this game and gotten a deeper story than you ever got in any, you know, regular Mega Man game. Or any regular game. And that was the thing that... that or any SNES game altogether. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it just it gives you a there's a lot there if you pay attention. And so that was the thing that really grabbed me as a kid was that, you know, wow, this is different. This is deeper. Um, this is uh, darker. You look at Sigma as a as a villain, and he's much scarier looking than than Doctor Wiley, who's just this old goofy looking man. Um, but really, that was the thing that that grabbed me um, was the the more mature story. And so, you know, going forward for uh, until now, I mean, games like that stories really uh, grabbed me in games, and it all started with Mega Man X. So yeah, Mega Man X, so reading your notes uh, the other day, I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that story was in there. Because me playing Mega Man, it's like, hey, let's play the game. <laughs> you know, right. I didn't read any of the stuff beforehand, but when I played it. So this is really interesting. It's a pretty cool story. I love this. Yeah, and I actually went, I played through it last night. I fired up the SNES Classic and played it. And if you pay attention when the game starts, it actually, you're you're playing, for, you're seeing from the point of view of Dr. Kane, the archaeologist, and you're reading the warnings Dr. Light left for you about what could happen. And so it's really interesting. And then jumping into the game, and this was the thing, you know, if the story gets you there, the game plays what really grabs you. And as somebody who, you know, loved the original series, the, the gameplay itself is, is a huge improvement on the original series. It's much faster pace. Mega Man can do a lot of things he couldn't do before. He can climb walls. He can slide down walls. He can dash. He can charge up his X-Buster. And that's something, a holdover from an older game, but it's just a little bit different. And so, you know, the gameplay is just really rock solid. Oh, yeah. Mega Man X is fun to watch somebody play. Yeah, it was definitely uh, it was definitely one of the better games on the on the S- on the Super Nintendo. I mean, it, the graphics were good. I mean, it was just you know it's really solid. It's fun to watch play like like Chris said, but I always enjoyed playing it. I wasn't ever very good at it, but I enjoyed playing it. Well, it's fun watching somebody who has mastered it because the sliding and everything in it, mm-hmm. um, and jumping on the walls, all that addition is. There's so many cool things you can do with it. And if your timing and uh, if your knowledge of the level is right, you can seriously just watch somebody speed through the level and dominate it. It's crazy. What's really interesting is that if you play it enough, and I don't know, I've probably beaten that game 50 times, your hand goes to a certain spot on the controller. Like, you automatically know how to dash and everything. Like, you have a special grip for it, almost. So it's really interesting when you play the game. Um, but the thing that that really, really uh, made a lasting impression about this game with me was all of the secrets, all of the optional content. And, you know, in Mega Man X, for people that are not, you know, not uh, familiar, uh, the original Mega Man series, you defeat the, the robot master at the end of the level, you gain his ability. But Mega Man X took it a different, to, to a new level and you actually had other secrets that you could find in the game. You had capsules that contained uh, equipment upgrades for Mega Man that actually made him stronger and could do you know, various things that he couldn't do mm-hmm. before. You had heart containers that would raise his maximum life, uh, his uh, life gauge. You had sub-tanks that were refillable that you could store energy in and then refill your life later. Um, so you had, there was a, it made the replayability just so much more than before because back then you know you didn't have the internet and basically you just knew what you found or what you read in nintendo power or what somebody showed you 
And so one of the things I've got on the notes is towards the bottom is the Hudokin from Street Fighter 2. And I played that game for probably years before I discovered that. And it's actually, it's just a, a final secret capsule in the game that you have to have beaten every robot master. You have to have gotten every heart uh, container. You have to have gotten every sub tank. And then you have to go to this armored armadillo stage and you have to do certain things. I think you have to uh, fall in a certain pit four times in a row. And on the fifth time, if you jump across it at the top will be this secret capsule. And when you open it up, Dr. Light's standing there with a bandana on his head and he gives you Ryu's fireball from Street Fighter 2. Well, the first time I ever found out about it was from Zach Horton. He come over to the house and he's like, hey man, and he starts describing everything I just described. And I was like, that is the biggest crock of bullshit that I've ever heard. There's no way that's a real thing. But in my mind, I'm like, if there's a 1% chance that that's real, that's cool as hell and I got to see it. And I remember playing forever and not being able to make it work. And then when you finally do it, I just remember starting to laugh just because it was so cool. But a that, lot of the times people will miss the heart tank in the the bird stage. It's on the very top of the tower as soon as the stage starts. So you actually have to dash all the way back to the beginning from one of the little platforms that takes you up where there's an enemy that can hit you and knock you into a hole. So if you don't go get that heart tank, a lot of people will miss it. And that's that's some of the reasons like people will try to get the Hadouken. And they're like, well, what the hell am I doing wrong? If they don't make sure that their life bar is actually one tidbit taller than their actually their ability bar, then you don't have everything. And that was the biggest thing that got me the first time. I was like, "Damn, what am I doing wrong? I missed that heart tank in the damn bird stage. I don't miss it anymore." Yes. <laughs> so I mean, those sorts of things just have stuck with me, you know, in the twenty-five years since it's been released. I mean, I do that. Any, if I play a platformer today, I'm sliding down every hole, I am yeah. climbing every wall, I'm looking everywhere because that's how I grew up playing, you know, Mega Man X games where there was all this hidden stuff. And so, you know, that's what I love now. And, you know, think about games like later on Final Fantasy VII, uh, you know, getting the gold chocobo and all that sort of extra stuff. And I used to play WoW and camp out to get these mounts for days at a time. And, you know, it really started with Mega Man X and all of this optional, you know, gameplay that up until that point I'd never seen before. Everything was sort of straightforward. You beat the level, you know, you beat all the levels, the game ends, and that's it. But with Mega Man X, there's just so much more to it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's when, when the first time I saw, I think, I think I saw Zach Horton get the uh, Hadouken. And cat, what picture in my mind when y'all say that? I don't even think about the actual the using the fireball. I think of Doctor Light wearing that damn bandana it's, and it's flopping in the yeah. in wind. That shit is cool, man. I fuck. That's why all I think about when you said that. I was like, "Yep, Doctor Light got that hit that bandana on. That and shit's what, flopping." Go ahead. I was saying like the back part where it's tied is flopping in the wind, kind of. And what really like, sucked about doing that? I think it was. Uh, five to seven times it depends uh, i don't remember exact amount but you had to make sure that you didn't get hit by all the damn birds that were flying through the damn stage there at the end but the the lack of memory on the cartridge always made you lag 
yep. at the end. So <laughs> you have to make sure you shoot like the fully powered up X Buster before you go down the, or right when you get down in the hole. That way it clears out all those birds where you don't get hit by one of them when you jump off of the uh, the minecart thing. Yeah, the, when I was doing it last night, I had to do it twice because the one of the when the first time I was doing it, I got hit by a bird, and Fucking I birds. yeah, I kind of threw my controller, and I was like, Fuck <laughs> yeah, it's a good damn thing those controllers were sturdy. <laughs> they were until you bust them. I promise you that. As much as both of you Zacks have played that game, I can imagine how frustrated y'all could get now that since y'all have done it so many times that you still can't. You still mess that up, you know what I mean? It still it still gets you because it's a tough part. Right, and even after you get the Hadouken, if you turn the game off, the password that you put in, it, it only gives you all of the stuff and all the bosses are dead, and you have Sigma stage or Sigma's part unlocked. There's like three, three tiers to that, but it doesn't give you the Hadouken back if you've done it before. So you can't just put a password in and have it. You still have to go back through and do that same shit seven times or whatever. Yeah, that would so suck. about that shit. <laughs> well, that's just awesome. Seriously, that Capcom did a... That's a wonderful job. But that Hadouken's uh, creating necessary. Playability. Replayability. It's necessary in the speedruns. If you'll watch people on Twitch that were... When they do these speedruns for like charity events and stuff like that. But it's just amazing how Capcom has shit all over Mega Man the last... How many years, Zach? 10, 15? Yeah, like he was one of their franchise players and now he's relegated to just like a, a appearance in, in, you know, different fighting games. Yeah, yeah. and I'm waiting uh, October 2nd, uh, Mega Man 11. So yeah, I'm super excited. Switch. Yeah, I've already got mine paid for. I just got to go pick it up. Oh, also, I have the day off of work, so. <laughs> Put in a vacation day. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'll probably be streaming it that day as soon as I go pick it up, so. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully, they'll do a midnight release where I can get it the day before. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. I, I know. I'm excited for it, too. I can't wait to see you guys play it. And it comes with the Amiibo. So, that's going to be even better. I don't even know what the Amiibo is going to do in the game. But I'm pretty sure, hopefully, Nintendo will leak it, link it to Smash Brothers Ultimate. That's, that's, that's here a wish in here. Hopefully, everybody plays Smash Brothers Ultimate later, too. All right, well, Zach, uh, Zach Adams, <laughs> you got anything else you want to add to your Mega Man X topic? Not really. I mean, the thing that was kind of magical about this game is, like I said before, the replayability, and I find myself coming back to it pretty much once a year. I'm good to beat this game and play through it once a year. Like I said, I did it last night, and it's just as good of a game today as it was 25 years ago, and you can't name you know, a ton of games that you can say that about. And I think that's one of the thing that ma- things that makes it a masterpiece. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Also, the computer version of that game came with its own controller. I didn't know if you guys knew that. I found it for $5, uh, I don't know, it had to be about 10, 12 years ago, maybe even further longer than that. Um, at um, I don't know if it was called Big Lots at the time. But it was on one of their little shelves. I was like, what the hell is this? So I brought it home, popped it in. Uh, it still has the lag like the Nintendo cartridge. So, Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stupid lag. Come on, developers. 
All right, cool. That was a very interesting uh, conversation. I, I like listening to all that. That was a very good topic, guys. Good job, Zach Adams. That was good, dude. Um, well, guys, it's time for a little break. Um, for this break, it's a special promotional break because I would like to give a little shout-out, a little love to For Better or Worse podcast. Aaron and Jason do a great job talking about movies that neither one of them wanted to see sometimes. Or one of them wanted to see, the other one didn't. And uh, they're doing a good job with it. And here is their promotional video that they created. So enjoy that. While we take a little break, we'll see you for our topic on current day games, God of War for the PlayStation 4. Hello, everybody. This is Jason. And Aaron. And we are the hosts of the For Better or Worse podcast. Like most couples, we have pretty different tastes. There's a lot of things we agree on, of course but it can be pretty difficult to find something to watch at the end of the day. She likes comedies, love stories, and dramas. And he likes anime, horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. So we both thought it would be fun to force each other to watch our favorite movies, shows, or anything else we can think of and record it here for you guys. The show is a lot of fun, and it's not always torture. Sometimes we actually come around to each other's side. We would love for you guys to give us a shot, so download, for better or worse, anywhere you listen to your favorite shows and join us in the fun. We can't wait to share our experiences with you. Alright listeners, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that promo from For Better or Worse podcast. Go check them out. They're on iTunes. They're on all the places you can listen to podcasts just like we are. So check them out. They're awesome. Support them. And go and rate them on iTunes. Give them a five star rating. Leave them a comment and let them know you heard it. I've heard about their show on Horton Brothers Green, a video game podcast. Alright, it's time for our current day segment and today our topic is god of war for the playstation 4 zach horton you chose this topic so the floor is yours sir the floor is mine you mean the air is mine we're not on the floor i'm sitting in a chair i might have been asleep who knows you take your guess so anyway god of war what can we say about god of war it's fucking badass right it's a great game play the originals First through three. Now we're here on Earth. Did you play the PSP version? I did not play the PSP version Ooh. because who wants a PSP version? That's not original. I played it and it was awesome. It's not original. Whatever. It's fine. It's just like Earthworm Jim on the uh, Game Boy Advance. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. The PSP version seriously was really good, by the way. It was well, good. I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know. Who knows? I, I did. I played it. Anyway, go for it. All right, so Kratos obviously has killed the Olympian gods. They pissed him off. Don't piss him off. He's a, he's a, he's a beast. Okay? So it's him and his son. His wife has just died. Um, they're pretty much just, like, sad, but they don't want to show it. You know, they're like, oh, we're men. We don't want to cry. Of course, the boy doesn't. He cries. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh no a little child cries god right. tell me he's not so, like carl on the walking dead uh, coral <laughs> coral <laughs> all right so oh you should you should watch that but anyway the last wish of the mother 
is for her ashes to be spread at the highest peak of the nine realms, and I'm guessing that is going to have to be somewhere that we have to go, and it's most likely going to be at the end of the game, all right? Because I haven't made it there yet, but I have made it to this part to where I've already killed this big ass troll, and it was a nightmare. Because I'm the type of person that doesn't pick the easiest setting on a game, which I probably should have to get through the story. Because I put Challenge Me, which is not even the hardest, okay? So the very first fight I get into, these things called Draugrs just beat the shit out of me. Hmm. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? It didn't even tell me I could block or any of that kind of crap. But I digress. So we get through this, I guess, seemingly tutorial part of the game. And we get back and this guy attacks me. And his name is uh, Stranger at the time. That's all I know him as. And um, he's like got super speed. He does this ice attack. So he's got like godlike powers. So I'm, hopefully I'll beat him soon um, and figure out who the hell he is. But the gameplay in this game has actually been, uh, it's it's pretty much reworked all all the way around. It's like pretty much a brand new situation with how they've made the game. Because you, of course, you don't have your uh, your chains with your blades at the end of them anymore. You have what's called a leviathan axe, and then your son has a bow and arrow, which is, in my opinion, right now, it's useless because it doesn't really do much damage. But you have to hold the button yourself and tell him where to shoot it. So you have to aim at the same time um, while you're trying to dodge all this other shit. Oh, dang. This, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> insane. But uh, eventually I'm going to... Um, I guess it's kind of set up to where you can go in and add like what abilities you want to um, increase and stuff like that, sort of like you did back in the old ones with the... The orbs. Right. So, right now I don't have any abilities because I haven't made it past, I haven't made it far enough, which sucks because I would love to to talk more about that, but I really haven't made it that far. Now, I, I can tell you some facts about this game as far as how they made it when, the, you know, it was all shot at one time. It's like, you know, I don't know, I guess some kind of weird camera and, I don't do coding and all that stuff, but it said it was, you know, developed all at one time. So the gameplay's uh, a lot different. Uh, it was rebuilt from the, the ground up, as we said already. Let's see. Let me read here. Where I, I wrote something down. I can't find it. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, there's a rage abilities, but like I said, I haven't got those yet. Okay, I've deleted something. I don't know where the heck it went. Zach, it sounds like they added a lot of elements from like a Dark Souls type game, which is pretty common these days with a lot of adventure games. Do you kind of find that to be true? That is definitely true. Um, now, you don't have like a an endurance bar that I've found yet, but you, if you're not blocking, you're getting hurt. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. <laughs> you better what, block or you're getting hurt. What's the currency in the game? Uh, crap, it's like some silver. Um, it's some kind of weird long, but it, it's silver. It's just like silver bars. Do you uh, lose you it find. if you die, or is that, did they not no, go that it's, far? No, it's just something you collect. It's okay. it's sort of like the, I'm guess I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be like the orbs you collected in the first games. 
that way you can empower your weapon and stuff like that. Like I said, I really haven't gotten past this uh, this god guy because he keeps kicking my ass. And he keeps pissing me off. I'm like, dude, just stop kicking my ass. I need to move on. So I barely get him down. I don't even get him to half, to half health. Now, I might have to uh, lower the difficulty to do so, but I really would rather not do that. I've got two questions. Go ahead. First question. Did they eliminate the button combos in the fighting? God, that was horrible. As, was the as worst far as I can tell, things. yes. I did knock the, the one troll down and, and finally got him stunned after about, it took me about 10 minutes to, to fight him or longer because I kept being killed. But after I got him stunned or whatever, after the end of his health bar, I was like, oh, go over to a stunned enemy and hit circle. So I went over there and he jumped up on his head and was like, beating him up and then broke his neck so hopefully that doesn't come into the game afterwards i was waiting on it to give me a button combo because i'm like oh this, maybe this is time for the button combo thing but no he just jumped up there and killed him so i'm gonna say it's not in the game but okay. maybe they give it back to me later who knows all right my second question is and i hope the answer to this is yes do you still have sex with the naked ladies to get to your health better <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> now, in the first game, as you're referring to, you're on the boat or whatever. Um, I don't think so, because uh, this seems to be more of a mature game than, I mean, yes, back in that game, you were dealing with a lot of the Greek mythology, and it was really, you know, acceptable, but I'm not sure on the Norse side of things how they go about it. So he's not taking his kid to make him a man. No, 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 no. He's, he's not taking him. He's not taking him to a brothel, um, or the saloon, um, or wherever the hell you would take a. Uh, that just sounds like a missed opportunity. Boy to the gods. Oh man, I was hoping he could. Could he take him? He's not going to take him to a lady named Nancy. Nancy, who can uh, help him out? Wow. Show him the ways. Don't don't you mean fancy as in Reba McIntyre? I mean, I'm just saying. Well, no, I, mean, I just picture a lady who smokes a lot of cigarettes, is uh, not very worried about her health, and she's like, come here, boy. Right, of course. My name's Nancy. And that's what you <laughs> wanted to see? Like, that's what yeah. you wanted? Wow. Oh, okay, okay, well. I think I'd make it interesting. I was a big that, fan of the chicks on the boat in the original. I'd go back to them. Oh, who wasn't? I mean, come on. I mean, if, you, know, you got you lots of orbs your- out of that. I'm just saying, you don't want to show your son the best experience of his life the first time. I mean, he's screwed the rest of his life. Now you're gonna well, you don't a- want to show him the worst experience either. He'd be like, I don't want to do this anymore. There's <laughs> no, <better, laughs> no more places to go but up. It's like, no thanks, Dad. I think <laughs> yeah. I'll pass. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. But, oh, yes, I finally found where I deleted this shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, where I was telling you the game was you done in a single shot. There's no cutscene <laughs> or no camera cuts, so there's no load screens or fade to black stuff. So you just play. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, I guess, the except for the load screens in Skyrim, picture Skyrim where you just you pick up a quest or you, you progress, those types of shit. That's cool. So it kind of it kind of sounds like they went half-board Dark Souls. They added yes. some stuff to it. But I'm they didn't want to. A, uh, a better handling Dark Souls. <laughs> Ooh, whoa! Yeah. I don't know about that, yeah. but 
I don't uh, the know couple of times I tried to play Dark Souls, the controls were just horrible. It's not I as couldn't. clunky. I'm going to say it's not as clunky as Dark Souls. It's a little, it's a little bit more fluid. Well, the thing I, I played I, Dark Souls and it, it's bad for me. The only thing that I never, I mean, I liked the first three games, but the thing that bothered me was after about two hours, I just felt like I was mashing buttons. Like okay. I had two or three yes. combinations, and I could beat anything in the game. Right, that is that is correct on those first three games. I will, I will, I will accept that, and I will tell you this about this game. This game, the enemies are actually smart, and they try to get behind you and shit like that. So if you don't dodge, you don't roll, you don't shield, um, and you, you like you, your axe, if you throw it at like the droggers and stuff like that, the smaller enemies, it'll actually stun them. It'll freeze them in place, except for the ones that are frozen. There are some enemies that are frozen, and you have to pretty much, like, I have to throw my axe away because in combat he'll start using his axe. But so you th- you just throw your axe. I'm sure there's a better way to do this. I just haven't discovered it yet because I haven't played the game much. Um, but you throw the axe, and then you just go over and you start beating them up, and he'll hit hit them with the shield and stuff like that. And then you can have your son shoot them with arrows at the same time. Um, the ones that are frozen, you can't hurt with your axe because. Your axe is empowered with the the ice power, so there this it's got some elements in it where you have to actually think and and do different things instead of just mash on the buttons and move on with your life. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's a major so, improvement there. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. why they that's why they uh, rebuilt the game. Is I'm guessing they had that feedback at some point. That would be one of my guesses why they changed it to this. And I kind of actually like the gameplay now. The only thing that bothers me about it is I can't just hit square and the kid shoot on his own. I have to hit L2 as well. I have to hold L2, aim, and then hit the square. So if I want to block, I'm holding L1 and L2, aiming and hitting square at the same time for him to shoot and block and shit at the same time. That's a little complicated. That's a, that's a little too much. Um, but I mean, So he went from button mashing to button squeezing. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. Button mashing the button squeeze. Do that old whore voice again. Do it. Nancy. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. I got some sloppy Joes for you. I know how you boys <laughs> like some sloppy. So now she's a lunch lady? Like she's a whore on the weekend? <laughs> she's a, whore she's lunch, a lunch lady, lady during the week? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, teachers got to make money or lunch ladies, rather. She just gets the, she wants that state retirement. That's like, she's working. That's what it is. Well, come here, boy. I'm going to feed you a couple different ways. She might get that state. (laughs) She may get that state retirement in the damn prison cells, whichever. (laughs) Let old Nancy show you a good time. Oh my God. How much just to see the boobies? (laughs) (laughs) Let me roll them up for you. Oh my. Yeah. Let me get (laughs) off. Oh my God. I'm standing on them right now. Yeah, I figure Nancy's probably just one big booby. No. Her whole body's no. just a boob. Sloppy booby. So, so what else you got for this game? What what kind of cool stuff have you discovered um, about it? I haven't really been able to discover much because I thought I'd I thought I would have made more progress with it when I bought it the first of the week. Um you know, 'cause I hadn't had my PlayStation but like two weeks. Yes, people, I ended up buying a PlayStation. Don't judge me. <laughs> but anyways, you're, you're I a sellout. Aggression, because I'm like, eh, how bad can challenge me be? You know, really, the setting challenge. Me. Yeah, I can go in and change it at any time, but I'm no sissy. You know, um, if I had to put it on uh, godlike or whatever the 
the last one is, it says you cannot change the difficulty. You have to stay. You have to create an entire new game uh, if you want to change the difficulty if you pick godlike. So wow, I went with challenge me because I'm like oh, I got to make some progress in this game. Um, th- that way I can have some knowledge of it and all these other things. But uh, I would recommend the game as for what I've seen in the game. Um, of course, it's going to have the secret stuff. Like I was telling you before, you got to find these apples and uh, collect those to increase your health. Pretty much just like any other game that's an adventure game. But it's you and your son. Get out there and uh, you pretty much tell him he's not ready the entire time. Not ready for Nancy or... <laughs> I'm guessing it's Nancy because okay. <laughs> Nancy's waiting. Oh my god, <laughs> she's Lord. the boss at the end of the game. You just—it's like a constant button mashing fest. Like you got to do the sequence under the sheets, right? Yeah, yeah. And then your so her underwear's got squares, triangles, R one buttons. Oh my god! Like, but yeah, he tells him he's not ready. But actually, at the very first of the game, um, there's like this deer you're chasing. And that's how you end up meeting the big troll uh, as you're chasing this deer and you, you end up finding it and killing it. And then the big troll takes your deer and you're like, well, that's my fucking dinner. Uh, not really. They actually, the, the troll attacks you. So you're like, oh, I guess I got to fight now. But uh, he takes the bow away from the kid. And then there's like a, a little portion at the beginning. Like you could really use the kid shoot stuff. Um, especially on Challenge Me, because I didn't really know. I'm like, this is the first time I played this game. So the very first fight I got into was like four Draugrs, which are these um, like fire tree people, sort of like, uh, I guess, skinny Groots or something like that. <laughs> and you're, you're you know, pretty much you're beating them up, and they have all this health. I'm like, why the hell do these enemies have all this health? And I didn't know you could block, so they're just running up to me and stabbing the shit out of me. I get hit like three times, and I'm dead. And all you hear is Atreus going, Father, Father. <laughs> and then in the cutscene, it's like Kratos is like, you're not ready. And takes his bow away. I'm like, what the fuck? Give him his bow back. But Dad, you promised me Nancy. Oh my God, Nancy. We're not talking about Sin City here. <laughs> so how does the game look? I, mean, I assume it's beautiful being a AAA title like that. Dude, the game is beautiful. Uh, I really enjoy the graphics. It is nice. Um, the frames, I'm I'm guessing they're around 30 frames a second on the PlayStation. That's just my guess. I'm I'm pretty sure it's 30, which I'm guessing cool. is normal. Who knows? I know on my computer, I like my 144, so. You just, you got to throw the dig in at the consoles, don't you? You just have to. <laughs> oh, yes. PC Master Race. For the I'll win. I always say this. For the win. PC for the win. So the only other thing I have to say is you guys both uh, took the name Dark Souls in vain a while ago. Were you trying to play it on the PC or console? Dark Souls? Yes. Uh, It was on the PC? Yeah, so I've never played any of those games on the PC. I I don't know how it would work with the keyboard and mouse, but the control problems don't exist on the console. Well, no, you use a controller. And I see, I played it. I played it on the Xbox. And I had the controls were shit, dude. I really? I couldn't play it. <laughs> I like the controls. I use my Xbox 360 controller on my PC when I play yeah, it. That's what I'm saying. You just use the Xbox controller. It's, um, but it, it's, I guess it would, I guess my character felt kind of heavy 
Mm-hmm. Uh, with Dark Souls, I guess I had too much armor or shit on. I don't know. Well, no, at the beginning of the game, you aren't very powerful. You got to, you know, level up your guy. Basically, you got to. I want to get in the game and I want to wreck shit. Okay, that's what. So I'm when wondering. you start out, you're not going to be super fast and super powerful. You know, it's, so, I played a little bit. I will say that I did play Dark Souls three one time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't um, figure that out until after I got rid of the game. So the, like, the hardest had, part of you the, had to go in and level shit. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> to me, the hardest part of Dark Souls was the jumping part. Trying to no. get that figured. You yeah. had to hit a couple buttons. What's really interesting and, with it is that. They always have like the first level. You have to beat it as a level one. So like you have to beat a boss before you can really level up normally at all. Yeah. See, I couldn't Jesus get past Christ. that. I couldn't get past the damn giant in the first. Yeah. When so you have to. Prison. You have to be uh, skilled enough to to beat the first boss as a complete weak character, and then after that, you can make it to. You know, it's always a woman who can level you up. So, so Chris can level us up. He's a woman. Yeah, it's no. Nancy, actually. It's Nancy! Nancy uh, <laughs> you give her your souls, and then, you know, that's what happens. I guess Let so. Nancy take care of your wounds. Give her the souls of the Greek gods. Then you can take it's care actually, of mine. actually uh, penicillin. You give her big orbs of penicillin, and she can level you up. It's like, here's your medicine, Nancy. And some cough drops. She need those, needs those. Cough too. drops. I'm about to show you why they call it Dark Souls. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, you sounded like that uh, from the Army of Darkness, that floating bitch. You never <laughs> obtained the Necronomicon. Necronomicon. I was, what is it? Uh, I'm bad, but I feel good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, she bitch, come get some. Right. You know, she said, I'm, I think well, I feel bad to be good when it feels so good to be bad. Something like that. I just said what she said. She says, She said something like that. This too. is the quote I'm bad, but I feel good. Yeah, that's it. Go. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, <laughs> awful. <laughs> it's awesome a, movie. It's we'll a talk great about movie. that on our movie podcast one day. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Three centuries later. I think God of War on the PlayStation 4 was pretty wrapped up there, guys. Good job. Yes. I think it was uh, I think it's going to be pretty freaking awesome once I actually make more progress through it. I think I'm actually going to buy it now. I wasn't before. You know, I played the first three, liked them, but I was just kind of meh on the new yeah, one. But are not going to be button mashing, but you'll like it. You play Dark yeah. Souls, you'll like it. Well, there we go. We just sold you a game, Sony. Send us a little commission check. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Sponsor me. <laughs> so speaking of sponsors, I'm sure we got a commercial coming up that's going to be some kind of super awesome sponsor of this channel. Probably uh, Horton Brothers Graham, the YouTube channel. Or about Buck Bumble, one of the two. No, no not Buck Bumble. That's not a real game. Don't <laughs> it be is fooled. a real game. I love <laughs> it. Don't be fooled. <laughs> so our next break, this break's going to be about Horton Brothers Graham, the YouTube channel. I promise you. And guys, thank you for listening. Stick around. We'll see you after the break. We're going to be talking about a future game called Overkills, The Walking Dead. And I got some complaints. Chris's complaints. Chris's complaints. Sounds yeah, like yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> so stay tuned, guys. We'll see you in just a moment. Horton Brothers Grimm listeners, do you love our podcast? 
you find yourself wanting more of our witty banter and underwhelming knowledge of video games? Then you are in luck. Go to our YouTube channel for Let's Plays and live streams of retro games featuring all three brothers. To find our channel, just click the link in the description of this episode or search Horton Brothers Grimm on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell while you're there so you never miss a new video. We want to thank you again for all your support. But now, let's get you back to the show. Alright guys, welcome back. And that commercial, I'm telling you, do what it says. Go to Horton Brothers Grimm YouTube channel, subscribe, and hit the notification bell where you can watch our live streams and uh, any content that we put on there. You will have it sent to your phone and annoy you in the middle of the night or something. I just want to point out that Scott said, roll on. Roll on highway. Roll (laughs) on. Alabama every time. Alabama. So now we're going to talk about the future game. And that game is Overkill's The Walking Dead. Ugh, Scott, go ahead and start talking about this before I throw up. Go. Uh, yeah, I hear you throw up. Anyway, so Overkill's The Walking Dead is a first-person shooter based in the world of The Walking Dead comics. All right, It's being developed by Overkill Software and Starbreeze Studios, 505 Games, and it'll be out for all the consoles... Well, Microsoft Windows, PS4, Xbox One in November of this year. Now, who is 505 Games and who is Overkill? All right. Overkill is a software developer. I'm really not certain if they've done anything previously. I don't know. But they're all associated with uh, the company that makes the TV show. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's kind of a play on the comic book title. Yeah. Okay, they also made Payday. Yes, that's it. Payday, that's right. Uh, and they, there's th- see, some other stuff. Go ahead. They say the gameplay is going to be a lot like the way Payday was set up. Uh, 505 oh, Games is the ones that's um, actually doing the publishing for the consoles. Starbreeze Studios is doing the publishing for, the P- for PC. So... Yeah, anyway, uh, gameplay is a first-person, like I said, first-person perspective, uh, but it has a major focus on co-op, sort of like Payday did. Um, There's four playable characters, Maya, Aiden, Grant, and Heather, and they're all, you know, they all have different roles to play in the the party, in the four-player group. One's a healer, one's a sniper, one's a melee character. Um, They've all got their own unique abilities and skills. So, you know, when you go in together, you got the multiplayer group going, then your melee guys down there, right? You know, he acts like a tank, and then the sniper's up high. The healer is throwing out health packs to everybody, so that'll be that'll be an interesting dynamic. Um, the game's set in Washington, D.C. during the whole Walking Dead thing. You know, it's set in that universe, but these are all original characters and have they all have original stories they're not you know familiar characters like we see on the tv shows and the comics and stuff so this will be a a different take on the the whole story i believe 
Um, there's going to be craft a crafting element involved, so if you, you'll be able to pick up uh, different, you know, discarded things that you can use to upgrade your weapons. You can modify your weapons to the way you like to play. Um, you'll gain ex- gain experience points. You increase the character's skills. And you'll also be able to upgrade your defenses around your camp. So there'll be a lot of, you know, going out and and foraging for materials and stuff, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know for sure. But the gameplay that I've seen, it's, you know, just a lot of first-person shooter elements. It looks a lot like, um, well, for a better lack of a better description, it looks a lot like Payday. Um, I've heard some people say it, or heard you guys talking about it earlier while, you know, on the break we were talking about it. It was uh, a lot like, what'd you say, Left for Dead? Left for Dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. I got oh. a complaint. Oh, oh here we go. Please. This is Chris's complaints. All right. Chris's complaints, and it's not like at all like Scott Scorn, okay? First off. <laughs> Nothing like it. Okay. But like it. But I'm watching yeah. the gameplay footage this game, right? And dude's walking along, and then there's these little lighted-up eyes coming down the road. Well, I'm like, hmm, that looks pretty cool. It's like a car or some shit. Well, no, it's it's a big fat zombie that can blow up. <laughs> it's all it is. And he's got these little laser eyes. And speaking of Left 4 Dead, that's exactly the character that was in that game. Big fat bloated zombie that blows up. But this <laughs> character, it doesn't really blow up the big one. I will say that for the game. It doesn't blow up, but it, what it does, it acts like the tank on Left 4 Dead. It is brutal. Has and it has brute strength. You can pick the in the trailer in the gameplay footage. It picks up the character and bites its throat, and spits it out, and then rips it in, in twain, and guts go everywhere. The twain is that like Mark Twain? Yes, that means twain. it too. Yeah, I know what it word. means. But then the kicker, they they at first I was like, okay, they combined the two. The big fat guy exploded, and the tank. All right, I'm with it. Then. This trailer park trash pregnant looking thing comes out of nowhere, and guess what happens? Shoot the pregnant belly, it explodes everywhere. Oh no! You know what? It's it's like Nancy it was like a zombie now. <laughs> well, Nancy, you know, there's lots of a, Nancys everywhere. It's a video game, bro. They gotta have some kind of added, you know, added elements well, of difficulty, or, or you well, know. Let me, t- well, let me tell you why this is a complaint. Because I've played a lot of zombie games. And they all have some kind of crap like that. But do it, if you're going to do something based on The Walking Dead, do it right. Do it like more creepy. And like in The Walking Dead, guess what? The zombies by themselves weren't dangerous. The zombies in groups, in mass, were when there was, they were dangerous. Because there'd be thousands of them. Right. In, in a video game, all you would need is 10 of them, probably, <laughs> to be intimidating up to one person. But, I don't know. To me, I, I, I'm a Walking Dead fan. I read the comics. I don't really watch the show anymore. That's why it's kind of a complaint for me. Now, will I give this game a chance? Of course. Because it looks like it's a co-op game, so you can play it online with your friends. Sounds pretty cool that way. And that's why I like Left 4 Dead so much. Left 4 Dead was the same way. But, you know, this game's more of an open world type of game from what I could tell. 
Right. From what Scott so. says, I'm really interested in the experience point stuff. The actual character development. I like that. I don't really understand why you wouldn't use some already established characters. Why do we have to have new people that I honestly don't give a shit about? And it's up to the game to make me care about these people, but it's difficult in a video game, unless you're, you know, The Last of Us or something, to really make me care about somebody. Um, more than likely, I'm not going to give a shit about these people. So if they have the rights to it, why not use some people that I know and who I'd like to control and play? Well, One I mean, you I know, I'll go ahead, Scott. Go, go ahead. Well, Kirkman, you know, Robert, the Kirkman, the guy that's, you know, the creator of The Walking Dead, he's he's actually been involved with their production and been on board with this this project that they're working on. He's, I mean, he he's helped them develop these characters, as far as I can tell from my research. Well, that's and a big so, plus. Yeah, I mean, you know, and they wanted to go with um, they wanted to go with new characters versus established characters. Because this way they could tell their own story the way they wanted to tell it. It's yeah, it, not, it, and that's what it, they're it, doing with the the show too. Technically, right. the people that created the comics are actually the ones reworking the story in the show. Just to let y'all know that, since I think Zach and Chris have stopped watching the show. Yeah, I stopped like three seasons ago. Yeah, three seasons ago they lost me. I was like, eh, the comic book is way better, so I'll just keep reading that. Well, it's because they wanted um, to rework them. I just feel really like the story. Walking Dead TV show is just a big circle. It's the same plot over and over and over again. Yeah, it is. That's what it looks like to me. With that because you got different enemies that are trying to do different things to people. Um, I, and I guess, much like but, the now where the Walking Dead has now met Fear the Walking Dead, where, you know... I don't know if y'all have seen that, which of course you haven't because you haven't watched it in a few seasons. So, spoiler alert here. Um, you know, Morgan runs into the people from Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, you mean the guy that won't hurt anybody for a whole season and then all of a sudden he goes back to murdering the shit out of people? That well, guy? It's because it's a mental thing. <laughs> for no he, reason, yeah. Well, he has a problem. Guy. He don't want to lose himself. and He doesn't want to lose... Actually, he doesn't want to lose people. That's why he left on his own. He actually did not want to meet up with anybody. And that guy has went crazy, went back, came back sane, and went crazy again more than anybody I've ever seen well, in a TV show. That's what happens, man. It's just what happens. I guess I would never know what what I would do in that situation. Who knows if I would just just kill everybody I come across? Who knows? Well, the what the white from what Scott what you're describing about this game. What I'm seeing is when I had I have mentioned when during the break the Seven Days to Die game, right. and it's on the PC. When you talk about your stats and leveling up your character that's similar to seven days to die you have similar elements like that Mm -hmm. to where you're developing your character different attributes and things so this game seems like they're taking that kind of element to it as well which i think will be uh, wonderful in a walking dead universe because that's exactly how it should be you need to adapt your skills to survive in a new world right so with these characters here I'm hoping that's what it is. That's well, that's the way it sounds. That if you're going to develop your skills and get better, it might be something you can adapt to. Now, laser-eyed, <laughs> fat zombies, and so laser-eyed, fat zombie is part of this game. White, is what you're white trash and white trash pregnant hillbilly zombies that explode. That's a possibility. It's there. It's and true. Should, it just depends on what kind of 
gun you shoot it with or what you shoot it with. Now, the game does have scalable difficulty, so mm, that's something yep. you don't see in a lot of games. Like, you could have 10 people playing with you, you just mow through shit. Well, that's another seven days to die does the same thing. Yeah, scalable difficulty. I got you, yeah. So I'm thinking it's going to be a lot like that as well, Seven Days to Die. So if you guys are listening, if you haven't ever played Seven Days to Die and you like this kind of stuff, check it out. It's a pretty cool uh, the, game. The only, the only issue I see that this game is probably going to face is the fact that there are so many zombie games. I mean, there, there's, I mean the market is, I mean, there's a whole shit ton of them out there. Oh, yeah, there's a big one coming out for PlayStation. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of this, this style of gameplay, you know. There's a there's a game we've been we played on the PC a while back. It's called uh, what was it called? Earthfall. Earthfall, yeah. But that's aliens. Uh, it was yeah aliens, but at the same time you're still having to kill the monsters, you know, Which is as a four player group. Cool. I mean, it's Wait. fun. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't like this kind of stuff. It's like but Rainbow it was Six a fun game. Siege versus Aliens. Right. <laughs> It was fun, and it had the same kind of thing. You fight the weaker ones, and then at certain points during the level, there's, a, oh no, here comes the big bad dude that might explode and rip you in two, you know, with right. laser eyes. So, <laughs> it's it's Damn it's in right, all these yeah. games. It, it's just <laughs> that's disappointing a little bit. I just want to see a little more originality. I mean, that's all. What else can they do, though? I mean, there's really no, there's not a lot of options out there. Right. I would like one that could fart on you and kill you. Just turn mm-hmm. around and fart on you. Why fart. not? And then all the way you can keep it from doing it is stick a gun up his butt and shoot it. If you want oh ones God. that's going to fart and stuff like that, you might as well play like Dead Island or something. Mm-hmm. Farts. I think farts are deadly, so. Wouldn't this game have a big target on its back because of the name attached to it? So if it's of not, course. if it doesn't turn out to be amazing... People are gonna shit all over it. All you're gonna oh, see yeah, is definitely. it's just like oh. the Telltale's walking yeah. dead stuff. It, I mean, it wasn't the best, but well, the Telltale games, though, to be fair, were heralded and people. Yeah, they they were well received. Them. I agree. A lot of people like those games. Um, I like because the Wolf Within or whatever it was called. It was Wolf nice. Among Us. That's, That's it. Good. Yeah, Wolf Among Us. That was pretty great. That's pretty good. Uh, I always people would say that to me at first. I didn't know what they were talking about because I hadn't seen it or anything, and I thought they were talking about a wolf fungus. <laughs> My God! But they would say it so fast. It's like a wolf fungus. Is that uh, what, what you get from Nancy? You get wolf fungus. Oh yes, <laughs> Nancy gets all the funguses. She gets let's all go, the fun guys. Let's go hashtag Nancy guys. You get it? She gets all the fun guys. Scott, do you <laughs> know if this game is canon? Wow, Chris. If it's if it's canon, <laughs> yeah, um, canon. What? Well, because it's. Because they're going an original, you know, they're all, it's an original story told, mm-hmm. you know, it's being set in the universe of The Walking Dead, and Robert Kirkman is, you know, helping them with the whole thing. I would say it's probably going to be considered somewhat canon. I don't know that they'll, because they're not going to be involved, because the original characters aren't going to be involved in it at all, from mm-hmm. what I can tell, it may not be... You know, if it well, is a stone or whatever, canon that makes it. Chris's point about the the bright eyed zombies and stuff really interesting because if it is canon and those things exist, then they technically exist in the same world as Rick and all the yeah. rest of them. So that would be interesting. Which is BS. There's no yeah, because well, I mean, the, as far as the comics go, and even the, you know the TV show, we haven't seen anything like that. I mean, surely 
if this was an element that existed in the in you know in the same world that Rick and the other survivors exist in that they would have shown something to this effect in the show or in the comics. Right, and they haven't. And that's the thing I, that kind of gives me the, the complaint. But will they? I guess that's my point is AMC uh, wants The Walking Dead to go on forever. Eventually you've got to spice things up. And it wouldn't true. surprise me a bit if they didn't in, introduce something crazy like that. Well, yeah, but then was... then you get into the whole re- the into the Resident Evil movie area where you got you got that... freaking Nemesis walking around in the in live action, or you got the the big guy with the giant freaking axe dragging it on the ground. I mean, you know, it's that that's that's when it starts to get into the outrageous territory, and people well, aren't gonna they're not gonna receive that well. No, you know what I'm saying? That, to me, it takes away from the spirit of the comic book. It oh, does for sure, Cause, cause but we've seen books... it a million times. The comic book stays on a nice path, and it any diversion is makes sense, you know. And they, mm-hmm. the comic book is was famous before the show was famous before in the comic book world. Don't get me wrong, but you know a lot of people didn't know about it. But I'm talking about in the comic book world, it was famous for killing off characters that were very important. Uh, didn't have any, they didn't have any fucks to give who died. It's like people died. Yeah. And that's what made the show so interesting, too, because they did the same thing. But, but didn't the comics the Walking get Dead, more outrageous over time? Not really. You just they had, had more outrageous the villains. The guy with the yeah, tiger he's got a, and the guy wearing the suit of armor riding around on a horse and shit. Yeah, but that's not an unreasonable thing that could happen, though. Like, a guy could find a tiger. <laughs> a guy could find a suit of armor and ride around. That's yeah, not unreasonable. That's true. It's that something was, that could actually... It could happen. Not saying that it would... But it's something that could happen, and see that's where the that's where the TV show and the comics kind of I don't know they they retain some of their credibility because they they tell things that could possibly happen. I guess know? I just don't see a big difference. Is I think you're either realistic or you're not. If you start doing shit that's unrealistic, then what's the difference between having a special zombie or a zombie that's different than the others? But the thing it's... you have to take it the thing you have to take into account about it is the fact that it is a video game that is something that you know it has to have some measure of you know extra difficulty. I mean, you you play a video game like this that's four player co-op, first person shooter and the biggest bad guy is the the governor. I mean, how are you going to make I mean, how are you going to make that something that's a higher level of difficulty you know what i'm saying yeah well it's all about like if you say you got attributes and stuff to level up why couldn't it be just like a like a game that would want you to get better bartering skills or better and thief skills stuff like that that would but okay so this governor he's got all the security so how do i get a character that is capable of breaking in and fucking shit up you know, and, t- and cows and chaos inside the governor's stronghold, basically, is what he had. Mm. And I think that would be very interesting in a video game. I don't need laser-eyed fat zombies <laughs> or exploding trailer-trash pregnant chicks. You know, I don't need that. It doesn't make the game hard. But that's okay. I know it's in there, and it's done. Yeah, we what, but we've seen, we've seen that kind of gameplay you're talking about. I mean, the... As far as like stealth and, but that would be perfect for a Walking Dead game. That's the thing about it; it'd be perfect. It would be a good experience if they did it right. 
So, Chris, you, do you kind of want to just like rename The Last of Us The Walking Dead? Yes. Just make that part of the franchise. I would, too. I think that would be perfect. It's just they beat them to it. They did. They've done it. they done it right. Yeah. It's amazing. But if you want to go into, like, say, with these leveling up and getting their attributes right, that kind of stuff, I think that still could work in this universe. I don't know. Anyway, my complaints are over. I'm sorry, Scott. Go ahead. Do your thing. Oh, that's cool, man. I mean, I, I actually, I actually am in agreement with you on the, you know, the outrageous nature of some of the 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 mobs or the monsters that you have to fight. I mean, they kind of, I mean, for it to be a Walking Dead game, and the fact that the Walking Dead deals mostly with the survivors' interactions with other survivors, and the fact that the zombies are just a um, just a hazard. It'd be like living in the living in the the freaking mountains somewhere, or having to survive in the mountains, and you have to deal with with bears and wolves and mountain lions. I mean, it's the, that's that's what the zombies are. The exactly, the real yeah. the real issue, the real problem, is the interactions with people. So, yeah, I mean, it's a video game and it's for first person shooter, and you're supposed to go out and you know you kill the zombies, you get their stuff if they drop anything. I mean, you know, they're kind of trying to combine two different genres of game, in my opinion. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm interested to see how this game turns out. I'll, I'll probably try to get it and play it just to see what it's like, you know? Oh, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Especially, like I said, the co-op part to me has has my interest. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because um, I think it would be fun to get online. And if it's got more survival elements which i hope it does mm-hmm. this could be a good game it could be good and in the characters i saw maybe they just don't pop up as much because it's like to me when you have a, a zombie like the laser i got i've said it a bunch of times but if you got a character like that in a game that's a zombie when people turn into zombies right. well to me it looks like to me it feels like there's some guy in a factory that's building these zombies and sending them out just keeps cloning them or whatever right instead of it being like okay here was a 65-year-old lady who was in a wheelchair. She got turned into a zombie. She's wheeling her ass towards you. That'd be more scary to me than some big fat <laughs> laser I got. This grandma zombie rolling her wheelchair at you. Yeah. That should be cool. I mean, it'd be more realistic. I mean, it could just be something random, and you may not be able to. It'd just freak you out so much you wouldn't even be able to do anything to her. She'd just bite you, and you'd be dead. Well, and, you know, and too, like you say, well, like we talked about, the co-op, is going to be a big thing. And then, of course, there's going to be uh, some element of building, like you build your your your, your encampment, you, you upgrade, keep your defenses repaired and maintained and upgraded. You, you can modify your weapons to, you know, be stronger or to fit how you like to play. You know, it's... It's it's going to be it's going to have a lot of interesting elements as far as you know the survival issue the the survival part of it, so it, it it'll it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah, definitely, I'm looking forward to it too. I really am. I, I I definitely think it's a good addition to the Walking Dead world, or you know, especially in the video games. Since the Telltale games aren't really much action oriented, it's more about answering questions and saying the right things. And making decisions. Making decisions. Now this is going to be more of you actually to physically do things. So I think it's a good addition. I looked at some gameplay of it. It looks nice actually to me. But I mean, yeah, I could say some of the enemies might be unrealistic. But I mean, come on. It's unrealistic anyway because it's zombies. 
Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if you put the Walking Dead name on it, though, that's where I just kind of get a little... That's why it just kind of, like, got my goat a little bit there, because it's the Walking Dead. It's different. Because I, I, I love the Walking Dead, especially in the comic books. I love it. I, I'm an avid reader of it. Yeah, I just hope it's not the Walking Dead in name only. That's my right, biggest concern. Right, exactly. It's the slapping a name on something. That's right. Well, I, I mean, the fact that, like I said earlier, Kirkman is is involved in the production of this game, so he is, in essence, putting his stamp of approval on it by being involved with the production and helping him with the development of the characters and the story. So, I mean, granted, it's going to have elements from other games like Left for Dead or, or or Dying Light or other things like that, and you know, those games have thrown in you know, larger villains to kind of up the ante as far as the difficulty. I mean, you know, maybe, it, I'm, I'm hopefully it'll turn out well. I, I think it'll do good. It definitely has potential. I agree with that. So, well, anybody else have anything to add uh, to this discussion? Cool. I feel good. If anybody else has anything, we can go ahead and set up the next break. Yeah, I think um, we beat the undead horse. Yeah, the undead horse has been beaten and it just came back alive again holy shit we better get out of here (laughs) guys the next segment is brand new to our podcast and I hope you enjoy it because I think it is awesome because I came up with it of course and it is called the soundtrack spotlight and today's soundtrack spotlight is about eco melody in the mist of course the official soundtrack for eco on playstation 2 that came out in 2001 and that game we'll be talking about next in our bonus retro discussion. So enjoy the soundtrack spotlight. We'll see you after this break. Hi listeners, this is Chris. And today I bring you the first edition of Horton Brothers Grimm, a soundtrack spotlight. Soundtrack spotlight is brought to you by Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, save a bundle on games, give a bundle to charity, and support our podcast. Use our link tiny.cc slash Horton Grimm to find your awesome bundles today. Eco, Melody in the Mist, is the official soundtrack for Sony's PlayStation 2 title, Eco. Composed by Pentagon and Machiru Oshima, featuring vocals by Stephen Garrity and lyrics by Lynn Hobday. Instruments used in all 16 tracks include the guitar, upright electric bass, mandolin, buzuki, and the ukulele. The soundtrack is made up of 16 songs, most of which are different mood setting tracks for different levels of the game, which are all enjoyable. However, the real standout in this soundtrack is the 16th song, You Were There. You Were There, written by Lynn Hobday, is a real masterpiece. Beautiful lyrics, along with the featured bazooki and ukulele, deliver a relaxing experience that really describes the setting of the game so well. Eco, Melody in the Mist, is available on Compact Disc and I have seen several copies selling for around $16 on eBay and Amazon sells a soundtrack for $19.99, Prime Qualified. For you digital aged folks, you can listen to Eco Melody in the Mist on YouTube or SoundCloud. Just do a simple Google search to find this beautiful soundtrack for your listening enjoyment. This has been the first edition of the Horton Brothers Grimm Soundtrack Spotlight, brought to you by Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, save a bundle on games, 
Give a bundle to charity and support our podcast. Use our link, tiny.cc slash hortongrim to find your awesome gaming bundles today. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us again. I hope you enjoyed the soundtrack spotlight. That will be a continuing segment in our podcast from now on. I'm pretty excited about it. But also, I'm excited about it because we get to talk about the bonus retro game today. And that game is also called Eco. What's funny is I've told some people I talked to, they're like, what's your next uh, game going to be on your podcast? And I'm like, uh, Eco. And they automatically go, Echo the Dolphin? Nice. No. <laughs> That's what I said, too. I've oh, had several too. people say that. <laughs> it's Echo the Dolphin. Why the hell do you want to watch Echo the Dolphin? <laughs> but this game is called Eco. It's spelled I-C-O. And it debuted on the PlayStation 2 in September of 2001. Uh, this game, it was it is in a Sony-exclusive title. Thanks, Sony. Sony's awesome like that. They came out and they remastered it in HD for the PlayStation 3 on a combo pack with Shadow of the Colossus. And the HD version is actually the first time I played the game. And it became an instant favorite for me. It was It's in my top 10 games of all time list. And Eco was the first in a trilogy of games from Team Eco. With the other two being Shadow of the Colossus, which came out in 2006, and The Last Guardian came out in 2016, which, of course, I have enjoyed both. Uh, Last Guardian was really, really a cool game, but there was controls, man. Woo! Controlling uh, Nico. <laughs> Tico, not Nico. Controlling Tico in that game was a mess, but it's still a great game. And all three of those games take place in the same universe. And Shadow of the Colossus is actually a prequel to Eco. So I definitely recommend you play Eco first, though, because if you get to the end of Shadow of the Colossus, you're going to be confused. <laughs> Just trust me on that. I'm confused uh, game... right now. How is how would Shadow of the Colossus be a a, a prequel if it show if the end of it it confuses you if you haven't played Eco? <laughs> exactly, is what I'm saying. These games are very unique. Because if you I'm serious, if you play Shadow of the Colossus first, the ending of it, you're going to be like, okay whatever because you don't know the story of eco if you know the story of eco the ending makes a, a lot of freaking so, sense so eco's the one that had the dead girlfriend or whatever no no that's incorrect what the f- that's what i'm saying you gotta play eco to find out that's I, what i'm telling you I it's confusing if you, you don't know. tell me i mean these games have been out long enough for no spoilers now, the Shadow Colossus just got re-released, and so there's a people out there that may not have played the games. Well, and that's their, their fault. I, I don't want to spoil these games. I don't want to, because they definitely are worth playing. I want to spoil them. Let's spoil them. Let's do it. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. So let's get into the gameplay a little bit. Uh, this game is an action-adventure game, and, of course, we control, if you're playing the game, we're controlling Eco, a child with horns who has just been banished as a sacrifice to a mysterious castle by his tribe. Player takes control of Eco after an earthquake shakes and shatters the tomb in which Eco was placed. Eco encounters only two characters in this game, Yorda and the Queen, and one type of enemy, a horned shadow monsters. So what's cool about that is the horned shadow monsters are basically the horned villagers who have been sacrificed in the past, and so now they've become these horrible shadow monsters. 
which Eco was destined to become if he hadn't the earthquake hadn't shook him out of his tomb. So that's what makes it cool is the horn shadow monsters are controlled by the evil queen, who is the main antagonist of the of the game. So once you take over as Eco, you discover Yorda trapped in a cage. And so you have to help her get out of that. And that's where the game really kicks off because Yorda is a very key aspect of the game. She basically helps open doors. Like she has powers that open doors that Eco can't open. And the goal becomes evident that you and Eco and Yorda must escape the castle prison. But of course, the queen interrupts and has other ideas. Uh, Eco must solve puzzles with Yorda's help to open Is doors. Is the queen named Nancy? <laughs> Nancy? No, her name's Nancy. <laughs> so basically Eco has to solve puzzles to get through this castle there's lots of different puzzles to open doors power on gates and but Yorda has to help and one of the things about that is there's parts of the game where you have to figure out a way to get Yorda across to another area because Yorda is kind of timid scared so she's not going to make the big jumps like Eco has to do so Eco has to basically put his body on the line to get Yorda through because but because he has to have Yorda to open certain gates because she has this ability, uh, these powers that will open the doors when she comes near them. Um, and one element of the game that makes it so tough and just makes it unique is the holding hands. Because Yorda speaks a totally different language from Eko. They don't speak the same language. So the only way Eko can communicate with her is to physically grab her hand and say this, you know, kind of nudge her the way he wants her to go. Uh, so that's one of the things that stood out in this game a lot for me when I started playing it. I thought that was a really cool element I've never seen before. It's like grab the character and to make her do things. You had to grab her and pull her and, and just bring her along and kind of point to things. And she would kind of figure it out. And it uh, the game makes you feel like that you're actually accomplishing that. You're just like, okay, I got her to do something. This is cool. But Team Eco created this game. Uh, they want it to be a minimalistic experience. So... Basically, it's kind of games I like. I talked about Far Lone Sales a couple of podcasts ago. That game is the same way. It's minimalistic. It gives you just basic elements of the game. It's like, this is what you're supposed to do. Just like in this game, you're supposed to get Yorda and Eco out of the castle. But it doesn't give you a lot of story elements. And it just gives you minimal amount of conversations with the queen. And it's very vague. So a lot of the stuff is up to your imagination when you're playing the game. Hmm. So that's why this game really stands out to me too, because it just I like I like stuff like that. I like to be able to imagine what's happening, what are they gonna do, or why why is it such a conflict that Eco wants to leave and take Yorda with him? The Queen's not happy about that. So but the Queen doesn't say a lot of why. And Yorda talks and they put it's what's cool, they put subtitles up on the screen when she talks, right? It's it's pretty awesome. But it's all these hieroglyphics that you don't know what the hell it is. It's just, and it's a whole new language they created just for Yorda's character. Let me guess, somebody online has translated it. No, well, Zach, good question. Keep that on your mind, because that, that's going to be brought up. But first, I would like to talk about the creator of this game. His name is Fumito Ueda. And he is you a really a interesting guy. <laughs> you ate a what? He's a very interesting guy because in 1997, he wanted to to work for Sony. He wanted to make games for the PlayStation. But he had a game in mind already before he even applied. 
And when they brought him in for an interview, Sony asked him, "Is like, okay, why do you want to join us? Why do you want to be part of this company? And he says, to create a game called Eco. So this game was in his mind from the get-go. This is the game he wanted to create. And so once he was there for about three months and he was able to work on getting a demo set up, uh, Sony got a chance to check that demo out and they loved it. They thought it was amazing. So they teamed him up with Kenji Kaido, and he's the creator of Ape Escape. I don't know if you guys remember that game. Ape Escape was uh, used a DualShock controller to its maximum. So you had to use the joysticks on Ape Escape to control the game. Hmm. And so when he paired them up with Fumito Ueda, they created Team Eco. That was the formal beginning of it. And then they ended up making three games in the same universe, as we discussed earlier. So they're really interesting guys. And they stayed together up until The Last Guardian. Of course, The Last Guardian started development in 2008, and it did not get released until 2016. By that time, Fumito Ueda had actually left the company, but they kept him on as a consultant and to finish that game by the time they got it out in 2016. So it was a big deal. Uh, getting that out, but Ueda is considered one of the greatest uh, originators of a game. It is, it's just what the elements he's put into it, especially using DualShock, him and uh, uh, Kaido. They they really are praised in the gaming community. And Eco is considered by many to be one of the best games ever made. Now, the soundtrack of the game is what really draws you in. And as you guys, I already talked about that in my previous segment of the soundtrack spotlight. But it's this game basically made me start really paying attention to soundtracks in a video game. And I've been able to go back and listen to so many different game soundtracks now that I have iTunes list full of stuff. And just a great game. Man, this game is freaking awesome. So something that really stood out to me watching, um, you know, I never played this game because I think when it came out, I don't think I would have given a shit about this game. But now, I think I would. And watching some gameplay footage of it, it looks almost like a work of art, even more than a video game. And it really looks, you know, way ahead of its time. So have you thought about or even, you know, considered if it came out today on PlayStation 4, nobody ever thought about it and it came out today, would it have been a much bigger hit? And I kind of think it would. Oh, no doubt. Um that's the beauty of this game, like you said, it's a work of art. It's it's minimalistic, so the environments in it are mysterious. Everywhere you go, it's mysterious, and there's puzzles to solve, and there's just things that don't that you just don't know why. You don't know why it's like that. So, does the story stay vague all the way through, or do they fill in some gaps towards the end? I know, yeah, it stays vague. Okay, stays vague. They do not uh, go away from that. There's some cool articles that. Uh, I've been reading lately that discusses that and somebody uh, hacked into the game and they got a, they found like 150 subtitle cards right hmm. which all had story element stuff to it well uh, they only used 77 of those 150 subtitle cards but then I was like well I need to read the rest of those subtitle cards that's going to tell me a lot more no <laughs> <laughs> that it was minimalistic all the way they, they began it that way. There's just a certain things they cut out, a couple of cut scenes and stuff they cut out, but nothing that would give you any more details. Um, so I think, like you said, it was ahead of its time. 
Now, as you guys were saying earlier, we're talking about Yorda's uh, subtitles, right? So she has a different language that it doesn't describe. Well, the North American version of this game uh, was released before the holiday season. They rushed it out because they thought, you know, this would definitely be a hot seller, which to me was kind of crazy because in the early 2000s, you would think a, a game that's developed in Japan has Japanese language would be a game they would want to release in Japan first. But they really wanted to hit the North American market with this game because you know they was having you know, it was hot selling. North America was the hottest selling region for them. They were making more money there, so they wanted to get this game out first. So, due to time constraints, Team Eco could not fit in some of the elements of the game that they wanted to have in it. So, if you played the original version of Eco that came out in North America, there's a lot of things that are different. Um, so, here are a few of the differences. Once the Europe and Japan versions came out, these things were in the game. Uh, the cover art was changed. Of course, that's simple. Yorda helps the player to solve puzzles. So in the first one that came out from North America, Yorda did, did not help you. She just stood there. You had to figure everything out. Like in the, in the when I played the HD version, that stuff's already that's been put back in. So they took all this these uh, helpful so made things it and put it back for in. You. Not really easier. It's just that. There is certain points where it's like Yorda should move and kind of like, hey. Or make herself might, productive. Yeah, she would point. Like, she doesn't, like, do it for you or nothing. She would just maybe point at an area, and then you go over and you still may not be able to figure it out for a minute, you know. So it's not like it's not like a hand-holding thing, although you do hold her hand to make her go places. Um, there's a water wheel stage where this piston comes up out of the ground, and you have to get on this piston, right? And you have to jump at a specific time. You have to time it just right to where it'll shoot you up where you can grab a ledge and get outside to another area to unlock a, a, a door. Well, in the original version for North America, that part was hard as balls. I've seen some people play <laughs> hard it. Hard as balls. Hard as balls. <laughs> and that they made that, like they simplified it a little better. But they wanted to improve that before they released the game. And they were never, it was never intended to be released with it being that difficult. I mean, it was so difficult that it would make people quit the game because they didn't, they figured there was no way around it. They couldn't figure it out. Shadow creatures, they pop up in different spots. They kind of had them all clunky and stuff in the original version. So they they weren't very consistent where they would come out or they would come out, they would be hard to get to. So like they'd be stuck behind a wall or something and you couldn't get to them. And if the thing was, and that, it would just play that music the whole time that it plays every time the shadow monster shows up and you couldn't get past it, you'd have to start back to your save point and hope you got lucky but the the main question you guys had which i'll talk about now at the end of the game when you beat the europe and japan versions you can play back through the game and then it was actually show you in english what your was saying so to give you a replayability they made it to where yorda's language is actually in english where you can see what she's saying when you play back through it and somebody out there on the internet, I didn't link it here or anything, but they went through and figured out the the hieroglyphics and everything that they created and matched it up with the letters in the alphabet. Once they were able to see the ending of the game, or once you replayed it, they were able to get her language, the, the words, and match it up with the symbols they had made. So, yes, they actually tell you somebody figured it out, kind of, but the Sony actually unveiled it 
in the Europe and Japan versions from the get-go. So it came out in 2002. So since 2002, that, that, that stuff has been known. So Chris, on the replay ability side, if you do replay the game after you beat it the first time, are there any other differences? Do you get to keep anything from the original playthrough, or how does that work? Uh, not really. You um, you just go back through the game, and you get an extra like there's an extra scene that you can find. There's also a lot of hidden things in the game that you may not find the first time. That uh, I did discover that the second time I played through the game, I found some hidden places and some uh, different weapons you can get. Like in here, it talks about. Uh, Getting a, there's a mace you can get. There's a, it's called the Steel Apple Side Quest, and I did not discover that the first time because in that particular point of the game, it was just hard to figure out this puzzle, and you didn't notice this other thing that you could go do. Uh, so there's little things that... It's a very intricate castle. Very intricate. So there's lots of little things that you may not notice the first time you play it through. So it's definitely worth replaying. But then you also get to see what your order is actually seeing. So I think it's actually for when you play through it the first time, it gets frustrating because all you see is those symbols. And then when there's parts of the game where the queen is interacting with Eco, but then she starts interacting with Yorda. So when she interacts with Eco, she talks in English. The subtitles are in English. But then she interacts with Yorda, so then you don't know what the queen's saying to Yorda. So you don't know what the hell they're even talking about at all. <laughs> so it makes the game... Now they nowadays since we have the internet and it's such a robust thing, everybody that stuff's posted. You just search for it, so you don't need to replay the, the game. So it kind of takes away from it these days. But at that point in time, that stuff wasn't available. That stuff wasn't on the internet. People weren't posting that stuff. So anyway, they did have the HD remaster. It came out in two thousand eleven. That's when I played it, and they had added all that stuff in that was different from the Europe and Japan versions. The stuff they wanted in the game originally. All right, well, then, to summarize this game, guys, I'll finish up here. If you guys have anything to add, just let me know at the end here. Um, this game was well-received when it came out in 2001. It won several awards. I, I was going to actually list some of them, but there's a ton of them that the game won. And so, if you just trust me, this game was hyped from, hyped from the beginning when it came out. And it's been one of the favorites of many gamers since. Uh, the soundtrack, the graphics... Even the graphics before they were HD, when you go back and look at it, they still looked awesome. For the for its time, it was really well done. And of course, the soundtrack is great. And it, the game, it just gives the game its feel. It's it's insane. And when I think about this game, it just gives me goosebumps, guys. It's like, uh, I'm happy. And you could, <laughs> I'll let you touch my, the hairs my, like certain points of the game, my hair, the hairs on my arms will stand up. Because it just gives me those goosebumps and chills because it's just such a, such a great experience. Chris, how long does this game take to play through? This game will take you probably about 20 to 30 hours. And if you're really good, you can get 15 to 20. So you you can play through it in a couple of days, depending on how long you want to sit down and play it. That's um, some heavy-duty gameplay. Well, the, the, the reason I say it takes you 15 to 20 hours or 20 to 30 hours is the puzzles. Puzzles are yeah, not can, easy in this game. Yeah, I can see where it would be. It would add to the time it takes you to play it, trying to figure out the the puzzles. I mean, you know, I've watched you. I watched you, or some videos of you playing uh, the Last Guardian. Oh yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the game plays anything like 
that. I mean, that's that's some difficult stuff. Um, I'll tell you this: the Last Guardian was more difficult, not because of puzzles. The puzzles in the Last Guardian aren't very difficult. Um, the problem with Last Guardian is controlling uh, Trico. I think I said Tico earlier, by the way. I correct myself. It's Trico is the name of the beast mm-hmm. in the uh, Last Guardian. And the problem with that game is getting Trico to do what you need it to do. So, like, there's parts of the game, because Trico's such a massive beast, he can help you get to places that you aren't able to reach. So, you look up, and you're like, okay, there's where I need to go. Then you get on Trico, and you hit the command buttons for it to jump up and put its paws up on the wall, where you can just climb up and jump up on the ledge. <sighs> no, that doesn't work like that. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> listen very well. Trico doesn't listen very well, and the controls of the game are wise. That just wasn't... I think that was the problem they had. That's why it took so long for the game to come out because there's no telling how horrible it was before. It was such a big undertaking mm. um, for that game. So Team Eco had their you know, work cut out for them when they developed that game. And because the character is so huge and you're trying to c- control it, it and you're inside of a little intricate kind of castle area just like you are in Eco. So it's not easy space to move around in. It's very frustrating. If you saw, if you go back and watch the Let's Play I did on my YouTube channel, Bang Bang Potato, you will see that I've edited that, that thing like a mofo. I edited out tons of yelling and screaming and hollering at that thing. <laughs> Just, so you edited so it, out the best a, parts. Yeah. It's it's a rage inducer, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, not, you don't want to see me 45 minutes of me saying the same thing. God damn it, move. Get your <laughs> ass up there. God damn it, move. Get your ass up there. <laughs> 45 minutes of that is not very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but... That's well, almost it, like watching Zach Horton play Mega Man X, right? Only if it's yeah. on a Raspberry Pi that doesn't have proper cooling. <laughs> Excuses, excuses. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the ticket. That's, that's what it was. <laughs> I will say this to anybody listening right now. I played it in a stream. Check out, if you got a PlayStation 3, go buy the Shadow Colossus Eco remastered bundle. You can get it for like 16 to $20. Both of those games are wonderful. Play Eco first, even though Shadow Colossus is a prequel. Trust me, you will figure it out when you get to the end of Shadow Colossus and you've already played Eco. You're going to be like, ah, Chris was right. Trust me. But it is a prequel. But you can't watch it before. You can't play it before Eco. Because you won't have a clue why it even matters at the end. But uh, all three games are worth trying out, guys. PlayStation 4 has The Last Guardian. But Eco, super one of my favorite games ever. Top 10. He's probably top 3. I'm, I'm not even playing it. And I didn't play it until 2011 when it came out. Because I already played Shadow of Colossus. And I saw the remastered of that, and then I was like, Eco? I did not realize Eco was related to that game at the time. I just didn't know mm-hmm. that. As I hadn't researched it, I didn't really pay attention. So you say it's top three. What's number two and number one? Buck Bumble and what else? Uh, fuck <laughs> Bumble is not on that list, sir. Uh, well, number one? Bumble, fella. I would say, honestly, number one is probably Portal. And then number two is going to be Eco. I'm going to, number three is going to be Ninja Gaiden. That's my list. Top three. Eco's number two. Portal's well, you know, number you, one. You, 
you have to specify Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden, however you pronounce that. Is it the you know the the stuff they did on the Xbox or the, the original NES, NES version? Oh, the original, dude. The Xbox one was good. It's uh, yeah, they were good. Hell. They were good, dude. I mean, I like those games too. But Ninja Gaiden, the reason it's one of my top three games is because it's one of the first games I ever beat on the Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, we beat Super Mario, but when you play Ninja Gaiden and you beat that game, you're like, yeah, I just did something, boys. Well, yeah, the, beating that one, you've actually you've actually accomplished something. <laughs> well, yeah, you got past just, your frustration for being knocked off by a fucking bat or a military guy with a machine gun. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You do work when you do Ninja Gaiden. If you beat that game, you just did work. I'm telling you right now. All right, would you guys have any other questions or comments about Eco? I don't. Nah, I'm actually uh, interested in playing it now. Definitely do it, bro. I'm pretty sure I remember you playing this game as well. Yeah, I do have a few videos on my channel of Eco, but I do plan on doing a whole replay again because I didn't finish the the Let's Play at the time. Because it was like my third time playing through it, and I got lazy. Quit editing stuff. (laughs) Mm. but uh, I'll get back to it I'll probably play a full let's play live stream on our YouTube channel Horton Brothers Grin okay guys well let's wrap this baby up let's do our normal deal Zach tell us where you can find you on the internet where would you like people to come say hello to you at well you're gonna do that at uh, Genova Destro on YouTube I'm also on Twitter at Genova Destro of course Uh, if you wanna find me on anything else uh, you better know my real name which you should, <laughs> if you're not <laughs> then, uh, hooked on phonics, okay? <laughs> and Scott, I got the same question for you, sir. I'm on YouTube at uh, the channel Game The Games of Death. Death is spelled D-E-T-H. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Death Dealer Three, and I think that's it. Okay. And Zach Adams, is there any place you want people to come talk to you at on the internet? Chris, guys, I live my life off the grid. Um, <laughs> no social media presence. So uh, as of right now, I'm a Horton Brothers Grimm exclusive from time to time. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So you don't have Facebook? No. What the hell wrong with you? I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't blame him. I mean, for as far as anybody knows, I could just be a computer program right now, you know, just like an Alexa is talking back. It's true. I like it. And guys, of course, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Bang Bang Potato. And that is how it says. So when you tell people about it, go see Chris over at Bang Bang Potato. No, that's wrong. Bang Bang Potato. That's how we do it, baby. Bang Bang Potato 1 on Twitter. And you can email me at bangbangpotato1 at gmail.com if you would like to send me an email for some reason. I don't know. And then, of course, we got our Horton Brothers Grimm social media. We're at Horton Grimm on Twitter. Definitely follow us over there. We're getting a lot of followers over there. So go check us out. And you also can go to our website, hortonbrothersgrimm.com. If you want to find out more about us and all these things we're talking to you about right now, you can just click on them. And then you can also... Go to our YouTube channel, Horton Brothers Grimm is on YouTube. It's where you'll find segment replays of our podcast, live streams of retro games, and sometimes let's plays of retro games. games. I've got a, 
I've got a four-part series on alien syndrome over there right now, guys. And go check it out. It's pretty fun. And um, we're picking our it. games the, for next time. Um, yeah, let's go ahead. If you got your picks, do you have your picks? I have future, right? Yeah, it's going to be an awesome game. It's called a Witchfire. Witchfire, a Witchfire, Witchfire. No, Witchfire. All right, Witchfire. Scott, you got retro next time, or do you have your choice yet? Or are you? Still I got undecided? retro next time. So. Uh, it's a game that I played quite a lot, beat several times, and we haven't talked about it yet. So let's go with Gyrus for next time. Awesome! I've been waiting for this discussion. I like that game. Are you going to stream this eventually, or at some point? Yes, I plan to play it on the Horton Brothers Grim Channel. Oh yeah, I can't wait for that day too. I'm going to watch that, and I get to pick current day game, and it's going to be Octopath Traveler. Nintendo Switch exclusive Square out. Enix. Yes, I've been playing it. I've already played one live stream, and I'll be playing a lot more of it by the time we talk about it, and I am in love with this game. Zach Adams will be back, guys. Zach, thank you so much for being with us, man. It was, it was yeah, a great Yeah, guys, time. thanks for having me. Make sure you go yeah, subscribe thanks. to my YouTube channel there, Zach. And, uh, How do you know some- I haven't already? <laughs> I know, oh. trust me. Boom. But yeah, Zach, we'll definitely uh, have you back, bro, if you were, if you want. You have an open invitation. You just let us know. Awesome. I look forward to it. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of, the str- of this podcast. Wow, we've been recording for over two hours and 20 minutes. I'm sure it'll be a little shorter than that after the edit, but still, that's a long time. But it's a long time of good times, and I really thank all you listeners for being here. Don't forget to like and subscribe us on your favorite podcast provider. And if you're on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a comment. And, of course, if you got potty mouth, put fuck Bumble or Nancy. Nancy. We appreciate you guys so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Later. I love